my Sunday snap is Tom Papley. Josh, I think Tom Papley is the most watchable player in the AFL at the moment, certainly in the top handful. When he's at his best, as he was the other night, six goals, 25 disposals. He just he, the whole game revolves around him. He was unbelievable. He, that's a clear three three voter. And if you go back a few years, he requested a trade to Carlton yeah. in 2019 after finishing fourth in the best and fairest. He then flirted leaving again in 2020. He's now signed until the end of 2028. Um, when Tom Papley's at his best, maybe there's some others around the competition that I would watch as much as him. But I can't imagine anyone more watchable from a midfield forward perspective. I don't know how you say it. Oh, I love him. I love him. Love the energy that he plays with. He's a guy that uh, I imagine would be incredibly fun <laughs> to play with. Sometimes frustrating because he <laughs> likes the big sticks, but uh, he'd how be an he amazing play against Josh? Um, I can't really re- recall him ever, you know, sort of... He's certainly chatty and energetic, <laughs> but uh, at the SEG, just gets the crowd up and about. It's incredible. Well, he was getting the crowd up and about at Adelaide Oval. And what was remarkable about, about that performance was his six goals, they came in the second half. But I mm. thought in that first half, he was an architect. He was setting up other players. He set up Corey Warner for his first goal and almost got as much energy out of doing that as he did kicking his own goals. And that's what he is for the Swans. He's an absolute fire starter. And it's a luxury of John Longmire's that he gets to roll him through the middle because there were times where I think he was getting his own centre clearance, Tom, and then he ends up kicking the goal down the other end. Well, he's never kicked six goals in a game before. It's been 70 games since he's had 25 touches. I don't care what era you're playing in, 25 disposals and six goals is a three-voter. That, that just, just set and forget, three votes for the Brownlow. Well, I, I played in a game with uh, Tom Lynch, who's uh, currently at the Kangaroos. He had 24 and kicked 10 in a game and got two votes. <laughs> Excuse got two me? Votes. Who got three? Uh, danger. Oh. Obviously. <laughs> what a danger have that day. 40 and 9 or something. Yeah, something. something. Well, no, to be honest, I think Pat kicked four, but uh, 24 and 10 doesn't guarantee you uh, three votes, and I don't know what does. That's criminal. I think Lee Matthews had a game where did he kick 11 of 39 or something ridiculous. So, anyway, Tom Papley's not in Lee Matthews' company, but he was unbelievable the other night. Uh, now, what is your snap, Sarah? Yeah, I'm just looking across yeah. and you're going to say, you know, ask me. My Sunday snap and kind of going to team with the theme of the small forward mm. and go from Tom Papley to Cody Waitman. And I don't know the Bulldogs, mm. they didn't get the win last night, but he just brings another dynamic to that forward line. It was his first game for the season. He kicks the four goals. He just gets up so high as well and he creates so much excitement. And there's been so much talk around the Bulldogs forward line and the talls. Well, they're a better forward line when he is crumbing at their feet and he just brings so much energy. And I think, like Tom Papley, he has the ability to, to go into centre stoppages as well. So, Josh, he is my Sunday snap. I love that. He looked uh, They looked alive with him last night, didn't they? Uh, the, the dogs. Ever, ever, I think he's, was it, his first touch was a big hanger on the, uh, <laughs> yeah. on the half-forward flank and it was a sign of things to come. Yeah, he, he and Papley are very similar, aren't they? They play the game a little bit differently, but... Both have uh, maximum value for disposal. All right, Josh, I'm after your Sunday snap. Well, I think we're going to speak about this a lot, and it's it was impossible for me to go past because we don't hear it often, but Ken Hinckley's words in the post-match will only add fuel and heat to the Jason Horn francis conversation because of the way he left North Melbourne, the attention that he receives, bad but also good, and I don't think either helps. The way that he plays and the way that we are viewing the way he plays and the way he's perceived 
Uh, I think the conversation is only going to be intensified, particularly as we look to break down what Ken Hinckley said and whether it's fair and whether it was warranted. But it, um, it's a scenario that's not going to quieten down. As much as people ask for it to quieten down, it's just not going to quieten down. Well, let's hear from the man himself, Port Adelaide coach Ken Hinckley, last night. Oh, no, same as it was about Todd, about any of the young players or any player out there who... Um who had some challenges. I mean, Jason Horn francis is 19. Some part of it's really annoying me about the way people are treating him. It's annoying me. Um, he's never going to play four quarters every week. He's 19-year-old. If you're treating my 19-year-old son the way some people treated, have treated him, I'd be embarrassed by my, by my performance if I was those people. I think it's been really unfair. The kid made a courageous decision to come home. Let the kid play footy. He's 19. Is that the booing you're talking about tonight? I'm talking about lots of things. I'm talking about people who write stories every week, talk stories every week, and I'm talking about the treatment that they gave him at times tonight without making a big deal of it. The kid's trying. He's given his best. He's 19. Stop treating him like he's 28 and treat the kid with some respect. And I tell you what, some people who put pressure on kids in this game need to have a good hard look at themselves. Hmm? Has he been affected by it? No, great, great credit to him. Great credit to him. He, he just wants to play good footy. He's happy being home. Good on him. You'd love to have Ken Hinckley in your corner as a player, wouldn't you, Josh? Because those comments, those remarks, they were pretty stinging and pretty pointed. But I also think pretty fair, given the fact that last night Jason Horn francis wasn't playing against North Melbourne, the side he left. He was playing against the Western Bulldogs and getting booed. But despite all that in the last quarter, he was one of the reasons that Port Adelaide got over the line. He was. I guess that speaks to the, the – I guess with Gather Round, the neutral, there was a lot more neutrals in the house than than there typically would be. Yeah, I, I know the, commenter, uh, the commentators from Seven were quite stunned that the first time he received – or he, he um, – Got possession of the footy and was and was booed and it took them you know thirty it took Matthew Richardson thirty seconds to sort of get his hang on we're in Adelaide what's yeah. going on here so I don't really that's and that's why with you know my Sunday snap I think you know, highlighting it I'm not saying it's wrong but it is only going to add fuel to the fire that's just the way some you know that sort of gang mentality in a sense where people want to jump on the back of of a, of a situation, but you're right. His last quarter was was incredible. He was one of the main reasons that Port Adelaide won the game. I think a number of things can be true here at one time, Sarah. Mm-hmm. So it is true that Jason Horn Francis objectively doesn't deserve to be booed by Western Bulldogs or neutral supporters. He hasn't done anything wrong to them. It is also true that as a number one pick you are inherently under more pressure than what you would be as a number 30 or number 40 pick. Now, it's not his fault he was picked number one, Josh, but nevertheless, mm. as a number one pick, as high picks have felt in the past, they are under the microscope more than others. I think it's true as well that if you leave a club after one year, you're probably um, going against the traditional values of loyalty that you know a, a traditional football fan would hold dear to them. Um, but what is also true is that Jason Horn francis as a player, uh, is exceeding expectations for most 19-year-olds, regardless of the draft pick. He was excellent mm. late last night. And the, the fact that Ken Hinckley went into bat for him, I just wonder what the end game is for Ken Hinckley there. I agree that it, it looks really good for Ken Hinckley and it makes him seem like he's protecting his players. But does it amplify the issue? And if the issue is amplified, yep. how does it stop? Now, we don't uh, – booing takes many forms. And we spoke about it about three weeks ago, Josh – on this show with Scott Lucas, trying to work out why he was being booed. I actually just think that some people boo 
because others are booing. I'm not sure there's any great rhyme or reason to it. But I just wonder whether Ken Hinckley speaking about it will make it more of an issue than what it otherwise would have, or whether it had become such an issue that now he has to try to break it down and have a circuit breaker of some sort. I think he clearly believes that it's got to a point where he needed to step in and yeah, and that's on the back of a win too. You know, coaches, as you guys would know better than I, coaches after a win, sometimes they would really harness their emotions and, and be a little bit more measured. If that was a loss, and you'd certainly understand Hinkley, you know, sort of blowing his top in a sense. But even, you know, our very own, the attention that Kane Corns has given this young man, I've been of the opinion all the way, it doesn't help. It only, because there are enough people who, who want to go back and forth with Kane so Kane's, by extension, Kane sticking up for him and Kane dressing up like Jason Horn Francis and carrying on about this, that and the other, that doesn't help either. That actually makes it worse as well, even though Kane thinks he's sticking up for him and getting behind him. But by extension, I believe he's, he's not assisting the situation. I'm not entirely sure that Ken Hinckley's words weren't, weren't um, aimed in the direction of Kane Corns as well. Interesting. Not just people who have been slagging him. Yeah, okay. And uh, I've seen footage on television shows of people uh, criticising his defensive work as well. My question to you, Josh, is should we treat 19-year-olds differently to 28-year-olds in the AFL system as analysts, as experts, as journalists? Yes, because they don't understand. A lot of them don't understand the defensive elements of the game. It takes them... They, they get drafted because they're um, um, unbelievable around stoppage uh, or they can take high marks or they know where the goals are or you know they can do great things with the ball in hand and when the ball is in their team's uh, possession. None of these players get drafted because they're great run-with players or they're great defensive-minded midfielders or they're great defensive forwards. None of the kids get drafted because of those uh, factors. They all have to be taught that part of the game. So in that sense, I, th- I think they should be immune from... From, from those elements where they don't transition defensively. If they dead set don't try on defense, mm. then that's certainly uh, up for debate and should be shown. But when it's just uh, there's a difference between someone not having a go when you don't have the ball versus someone not necessarily understanding what it takes and how hard you have to work. And that's what I saw in him live last year. He just didn't understand what the game asked of you the whole time. Underage footy, SNFL footy, you get opportunities to say, I'm going to take a break from the game. Uh, you know, I, I can be 100 metres from the ball and not be engaged in the game. The AFL doesn't allow you to do that. And that takes young players, including Jason Horn Francis, a long time to work out. I guess with this conversation around whether or not to call out the booing, it's, it's similar as to whether or not to call out trolls on social media, whether that be racism or, or sexism or what have you. I'm of the opinion that it is better to call it out because I think if you just let something go by, you are complicit to an extent. And and I actually really liked Ken Hinckley. Firstly, backing in his player on the field as soon as the siren went, he went straight up to Jason Horn Francis. He was very close in his grill, but I think he was, you know, it was one of those moments between coach and player, which was clearly very important to both of them. And then to go to the press conference, Tom, and to call it out and to put it on the agenda and people's radar again, hence why we're talking about it, I actually think it's a good thing because it might start more conversations around booing and when it is and isn't appropriate. And I'm not sure about this pack mentality of just piling on the one player. Like, but you don't exist, we, though. Aren't it we exists. smarter than that, though? Aren't we smarter than that as a footy public? Or are we not? No, no categorically not. No, footy no. fans get into a 
into a mode or into a um, into a situation, and and this is across sports, not just footy fans, where it becomes a pack mentality. And I'm not saying that's right or wrong, but Josh, you would have felt it on the footy field before. I think lots mm. of footy fans and lots of sports fans don't think they just jump on board what others are doing, whether it's right or wrong. And we saw it to the nth degree in a much worse way than yes. what Jason Horn Francis is copying with Adam Goods about a decade ago, and mm. and that and and only recently in the last couple of years has the AFL come out. And apologised for that, and, and said they got that wrong. Um, but footy fans can be brutal, Josh. And just because he's nineteen or twenty three or twenty five, they don't really care. If, if others are booing, they'll they'll jump on board. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. And he look, he's not the first. Cam Rayner has gone through this probably up until the last you know month or so, where he's had a couple of really strong games. Jacob Wiedering in his early days was really heavily criticised. Jack Watts is probably the. Almost the the pioneer in if that's it's not the right boy. term, but in in that sense because he was absolutely crucified in his first couple of seasons in a poorly performed Melbourne team. So he's not the first player. And the reality is, you've got to remember, Jason Horn Francis, like any player, has seventeen groups of fans who don't barrack for him, who don't yeah. like him, who don't want him to succeed. They're a lot louder than the, than the Port Adelaide fans who who really want him to do well. And this and the I guess the 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 tiny amount of fans who are sensible enough to look at a young player and say, oh. Love what he's doing. I want to be vocal about what he's doing. I think as well, just sometimes people need to put themselves in, in someone else's shoes. As I would have liked to have done this weekend, I would like to be in Adelaide.